1: See what FedEx can do for your business.
2: Absolutely, positively FedEx. Tonight, the majestic and historic ceremony as Queen Elizabeth lies in state and the royal family is united in grief. The final goodbye to Buckingham Palace, the flag-draped coffin with her imperial crown atop, carried through the streets of London. King Charles, his siblings, and sons, Prince William and Harry, walk solemnly behind. CBS's Charlie Daggett is outside Westminster Hall.
3: This line will move 24 hours a day until the morning of the funeral on Monday.
2: Railroad strike, the shutdown that could hammer America's economy as Amtrak cancels routes. Nancy Cordes' is CBS exclusive with the Treasury Secretary.
1: What impact would a rail strike have on already high inflation in this
2: country? Surprise trip, Ukraine's President Zelensky visits a newly liberated city, and our own Deborah Pata is there with the latest on the lightning offensive.
4: Amazing that we are coming back.
2: Boston bomb scare. The FBI investigates after a reported explosion on a college campus. CBS's Jeff Begays has new details.
5: This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell reporting from the nation's capital.
2: Good evening and thank you for joining us on this historic Wednesday night. Tonight, the general public began saying its final goodbyes to Queen Elizabeth II in London. The late monarch will lie in state until her funeral on Monday. You can see mourners inside Westminster Hall tonight, the Queen's coffin surrounded by royal bodyguards. Hundreds of thousands are expected to pay their respects over the next four days. At one point, the line stretched nearly three miles. The Archbishop of Canterbury led a brief service this morning attended by King Charles and other members of the royal family. Kate, the Princess of Wales, wore the Queen's diamond and pearl leaf brooch and the pearl earrings that belonged to her late mother-in-law, Princess Diana. Meghan, the Duchess of Sussex, paid uh, her respect with a touching curtsy in front of the coffin. We have a lot of news to get to tonight. And CBS's Charlie Daggett will start us off from outside Westminster Hall. Good evening, Charlie.
3: Good evening to you, Nora. That behind me is part of a never-ending line of mourners winding their way to Westminster Hall across the bridge to visit the queen lying in state. It's been a day of pageantry, but also high emotions and quiet respect as we entered one of the final legs of the queen's journey. From beneath the grand backdrop of Buckingham Palace, flanked by her grenadier guards, Queen Elizabeth II left home today for the final time. Her coffin carried on a horse-drawn gun carriage with the imperial state crown she wore placed on top, encrusted with 2,800 diamonds. Marching right behind, King Charles III and the Queen's other three children then William, Prince of Wales, standing side by side with his brother, Prince Harry, in a moment of symbolic unity. Evoking memories of that day 25 years ago this month, when the two grief-stricken young princes walked behind the coffin of their mother, Princess Diana. Thousands of mourners crowded the long avenue leading from the palace. Many stood in a solemn silence. I think
6: they were awed by the spectacle But just as in life they felt a sense of connection with Elizabeth, through all that ceremony there was a, a person, a wonderful, sweet old lady who gave her life to Britain and the Commonwealth.
3: Many more had to be turned away, throngs massed at Hyde Park. Some visibly moved, wiping away tears as they watched the procession on huge screens. The whole family was reunited at the Palace of Westminster, where the queen's body will lie in state until her funeral on Monday. Hundreds of thousands of people are expected to visit, the line leading to Westminster Hall already stretching back for miles. Some of the people at the front of the line had already been camping out for days, but now there is no time for sitting around or even standing, this line will move 24 hours a day until the morning of the funeral on Monday. For 70 years, the least we can do is keep up for a few hours to pay
0: our respects.
7: Now she's come home, we just feel it's important to go and pay her respects and let the kids remember a day in history.
0: The
3: only monarch most here have ever known, a woman devoted to duty nearly her entire life, with one last duty to fulfill even after death. President Biden spoke by phone to King Charles today, offering his condolences. The president is one of around 500 heads of state and foreign dignitaries headed here to attend the Queen's funeral next week. Nora.
2: What a remarkable day. Charlie Daggett, thank you very much. Well, tonight, the Biden administration is working to avoid a rail strike that could derail an already fragile economy. CBS's Nancy Cordes spoke exclusively with Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen a day after a government report showed inflation has not eased.
6: Inflation remains a problem. Um, it obviously is of tremendous concern to Americans.
1: Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen cited rising costs for rent and groceries as two of the biggest concerns.
6: We hope to see substantial improvement over the coming year. Do you think inflation is close to peaking? I don't want to get involved in month-by-month Forecasts, I do believe it'll come down over time um, due to the actions the Fed is taking.
1: As she spoke, her colleagues in the cabinet worked to head off a strike by freight rail workers. With the deadline now two days away, some chemical shipments have already been halted, and Amtrak announced it's canceling all long-distance trains starting tomorrow because some of them use freight rail tracks. What impact would a rail strike have on already high inflation in this country?
6: Well, it would be a significant um, impediment to shipping goods. It's certainly something we don't want to see happen.
1: Secretary Yellen recently worked with European allies to impose a new price cap on Russian oil. But already, energy bills in some parts of Europe are five times higher than usual. What would recession in Europe
6: mean for the U.S. economy? Well, a recession in Europe would have some spillovers to us. I think we shouldn't exaggerate how significant they would be. But I do think this winter is going to be um, tough and challenging for our European neighbors
1: rail union leaders have been negotiating at the labor department all day long and in our interview the treasury secretary urged all the parties involved to reach an agreement by tomorrow night because nearly 30 percent of all freight in this country nora travels by rail
2: such a big story nancy Cortis with that exclusive thank you Well, we want to turn now to one of the most dramatic days in Ukraine since the Russian invasion started days after his troops took back more than 3000 square miles in the northeast. You can see it right here in blue. President Zelensky made a rare trip outside the capital to that newly liberated region. And CBS's intrepid war correspondent Deborah Pata was there to meet him.
7: A show of strength from President Zelensky as he visited recaptured towns in the Northeast and delivered a strong message to Vladimir Putin. Ukraine intends to keep Russian troops on the run. How does it feel to be coming to Izium for the first time since it's been liberated? You see
8: that Russia
3: is destroyed and you see the mass of the stretch again. But the main thing that we are coming back and we are on the way to the end.
7: Russians held this town for over six months and just a few days ago, this would have been unthinkable. Even now, the visit was bold. Little more than six miles from the nearest front line, occasional shelling can be heard in the distance. Ukrainian soldier Nazar was part of the lightning counter offensive, running up to 20 miles a day, freeing villagers en route to Izium. Did you expect it to happen so quickly? No.
6: I uh, thought that it will be maybe for one month.
7: For the residents who've endured more than six months of hell, it could not come soon enough. Lisa Yakina hid in this icy basement with 50 neighbors for four months. When one of them died, they had to be hastily buried in these bushes. The devastation is everywhere. Russian artillery laying waste to homes, hospitals, schools and bridges. And amid the ruins, these children try to forget, using spent weapons of war for children's games. Although Russian troops have fled from Izium, many residents told us they are scared they could come back. And according to a Ukrainian official just today, Russia launched eight cruise missiles against the southern city of Krivirich. Nora.
2: Deborah Pata, thank you for your superb reporting. Classes resumed today on the campus of Northeastern University in Boston after a frightening bomb scare sent students and law enforcement scrambling. Well, tonight, CBS News has learned that officials are now looking into the incident as a possible hoax. CBS's Jeff Begays has the new details.
9: On Northeastern's campus today, students were still rattled by the scare last night. What does it feel like to be on campus now?
7: Um, It's a little weird to be on campus after such a big
9: event. Police responded to a report of an explosion at Holmes Hall at about 7 p.m. This alert went out to students, warning them to avoid the area. A 45-year-old university employee suffered minor hand injuries when he opened a hard plastic carrying case. A search revealed a second similar package that was ultimately rendered safe by our bomb squad. Police did not find any explosive material in either case, but they did find a rambling note in the first case railing against virtual reality and mentioning Facebook founder Mark Zuckerberg. Local police are being assisted by the FBI. The panic and fear that these cases cause are universal. Late today, we learn that investigators are now wondering whether the alleged victim is actually the culprit and whether what happened here is a hoax. Nora.
2: What a development. Jeff Begay's. Thank you. With less than two months until the midterm elections, a new CBS News Battleground Tracker poll shows potentially good news for Democrats in Pennsylvania. CBS's Robert Costa traveled to Philadelphia to see what's on voters' minds.
10: Let's bring it back we can do this democrats see pennsylvania as a crucial battleground as they fight to hold on to their congressional majorities but economic headwinds are a challenge here everybody up here they struggling to the food is expensive the gas i worry all the time about um, the economy cbs news polling shows that eight in ten pennsylvania voters say higher prices have been difficult or worse democrat josh shapiro the state attorney general running for governor said he plans to offer tax rebates to bring prices down.
3: What I'm gonna do as governor is cut their costs. In a
10: campaign ad, Shapiro has targeted his Republican opponent, Doug Mastriano, a Trump ally, for once posing in a Confederate military uniform and for being in Washington on January 6th, objecting to Biden's victory. He's a dangerous, extreme
4: candidate, the most dangerous and extreme we've ever seen. He's calling us extremists When he's, okay, tell you what, we're extreme. I'm extreme on your individual rights and freedoms.
10: Democrats across Pennsylvania are also rallying voters on abortion rights. Most Democrats say the overturning of Roe has made them more likely to vote. Women are the reason we win. Democratic Lieutenant Governor John Fetterman is clashing with Republican Dr. Mehmet Oz in one of the highest profile Senate races in the country.
0: He's going to work
10: and fight for Pennsylvania. Thank you. Oz, as the former president's backing in his campaign, has repeatedly raised questions about Fetterman's health after Fetterman had a stroke earlier this year. Fetterman has called the Oz campaign's remarks about his health out of bounds. But today, the Fetterman and Oz campaigns agreed to have a debate in late October, though they're still negotiating the details of that. Meanwhile, Doug Mastriano, he has not yet responded to our interview request.
2: Nora. Everyone watching that state is a battleground. Barbara Costa, thank you. Well, President Biden announces a major investment in electric vehicles, but are drivers ready to switch gears? That story in 60 seconds.
8: This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales,
2: In Detroit today, President Biden announced a $900 million investment to build thousands of electric car chargers across the nation's highway system. But moving to more electric vehicles is easier said than done. CBS's Carter Evans has tonight's in-depth report.
4: With a big push by California to stop selling new gas cars by 2035... EV sales are accelerating, but not all drivers are sold.
9: My own concern is the range. Where do I find a charger? How far can I really go?
4: It's a question dealership owner John Patterson gets from every customer. One of the big words that we hear is range anxiety. The great American road trip is going to be fully electrified. Today, President Biden promised to make recharging more reliable, beginning with the construction of chargers along 53,000 miles of national highways. Since 2021, automakers in the U.S. have invested nearly $85 billion in electric vehicles. Still, the average cost for one is around 66,000, but prices are coming down.
0: Both the EV6 and the Ionic 5 start around $40,000.
4: That's below the average cost of a new gas vehicle. So should we take it first, man? Sure, I love it. Patterson believes the biggest roadblock for EVs now is electrical infrastructure.
0: It has to be figured out in order for this mandate to work by 2035, because right now we're not there.
4: During last week's heat wave, California's power grid was stretched to the limit. Energy economist James Bushnell. Can our power grid in California support the, the level of EVs that the government would like to see? Yeah, it's it's less a concern about the total amount of electricity, and it's more about the where and when that the charging is happening. Right now it's a me problem, so I just need to do a little research to see what my options are. All uncharted territory for car shoppers who just want to know their EV investment today <laughs> will pay off down the road. Carter Evans, CBS News, Tustin, California.
2: And coming up next, breaking news, a verdict in the R. Kelly trial and a powerful storm that could target puerto rico the updated forecast just in There is breaking news from Chicago. A federal jury has just found R&B singer R. Kelly guilty of multiple child pornography charges. Kelly was also found guilty of luring underage girls to have sex with him. But the disgraced star was found not guilty of trying to rig a 2008 case that ended with his acquittal. Back in June, remember, Kelly was sentenced to 30 years in prison on racketeering and sex trafficking charges in New York. Tonight, CBS News has confirmed at least seven officers are being investigated over their response to the school massacre in Uvalde, Texas. Two have been suspended without pay, and five are still on duty. The police have been criticized for waiting more than an hour to confront the gunman who killed 19 students and two teachers. All right, still ahead, a possible retrial in a murder case, which has drawn worldwide attention. Tonight, forecasters are closely tracking what's expected to become Tropical Storm Fiona. It's hundreds of miles out in the Atlantic and could be near the U.S. Virgin Islands and Puerto Rico by this weekend. Tonight, Maryland prosecutors are asking for a retrial in the case of Adnan Syed, which was featured in Serial, a popular 2014 podcast. In a court filing today, prosecutors pushed to vacate his conviction, saying evidence suggests two other suspects may have been involved in the 1999 murder of Syed's high school girlfriend. Syed has always maintained that he's innocent. And we'll be right back with the legacy of the Queen Royal's visits here in D.C. Finally, tonight, the global impact of Queen Elizabeth will be felt for generations to come, including right here in D.C. Here, CBS's Scott McFarlane.
5: Queen Elizabeth was no stranger to Washington. But during a state visit in 1991, it's this moment that's still remembered, when the queen visited a southeast D.C. neighborhood that, that rarely gets this two kind two of attention. The late Alice Fraser broke royal protocol and hugged the queen. Queen Elizabeth smiled and appeared to welcome the embrace then DC mayor Sharon Pratt was there you were wowed by her
2: I was she was just so natural so available so unpretentious
5: Pratt says the community was so excited for the visit
6: I think she was wonderful
5: that brief visit left a mark here for decades this community still dealing with economic struggles renamed the street she visited Queen's Stroll Place in 2007, during a later state visit to Washington, the Queen joined then-First Lady Laura Bush at Children's National Hospital, where CEO Dr. Kurt Newman says protocol was again disregarded.
9: I'm kind of leaning in. Somebody came up later and said, you shouldn't have done that. Well, she didn't seem to, to care about it.
5: A measure of a monarch who realized sometimes the best protocol is to break protocol. Scott McFarlane, CBS News, Washington.
2: So revered, and that is tonight's CBS Evening News. I'm Nora O'Donnell in our nation's capital. Good night.
0: If you like the CBS Evening News, you can listen early and ad free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad free on Amazon Music.